I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. On this week's episode, I am joined by nutrition and lifestyle coach Michelle Scanlon. Michelle is better known as the Vital Sign Nutritionist and during our chat, we discussed Michelle's journey to her new career, why she believes that the menstrual cycle is our fifth vital sign and the importance of self-awareness when it comes to our own bodies. Michelle, you are so welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Sandra. Lovely to be here. You're so welcome. Um, For anyone who is listening who isn't familiar with yourself and the work that you do, could you give us an introduction into who you are and what you're all about? No problem. Um, I'm Michelle Scanlon and I rebranded this year as the Vital Sign Nutritionist. So what in God's name is the Vital Sign? I'm all about a women's menstrual cycle um, and I see it as our fifth vital sign. And I'm not the first to say it, so I'm like not patented it now or anything. But um, so like it's as vital as, you know, um, our pulse. Um, our blood pressure that the, you all get checked when um, you get checkups and how that works is is that like it's a report it's basically a report card so our menstrual cycle works in tandem with in within our endocrine system so it's a communication between all the way down from like top of our brain all the way down to our ovaries and sometimes in life um like the communication gets broken down there's a disturbance that occurs and that disturbance may show up in your menstrual cycle. Um, so it doesn't mean that your menstrual cycle is broken. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with it. It's just that the menstrual cycle is telling you that there's an issue going on between that communication and we need to pay attention to it. But that is not how we've been taught. That's not what's been put out in like any education from the, from the time that we start our menstrual cycles. And um, there's more of like fear and, oh, this is just all about reproduction and having babies and being careful in commas and all that. Whereas I've learned from personal experience in my personal journey that your menstrual cycle is a heck of a lot more. And it's even down to your mental health because it is a communication of um, chemical messengers from your brain to the rest of your body. And I always say to women, like, well, why do we have PMS? Um, and why do we get like irritable and anxiety if your menstrual cycle has nothing to do with your men- mental health? Mm-hmm. And when I put it that way, it's like a light bulb moment goes off in the brain. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, I mean, I do get irritable and I do have PMS sometimes or I do can't control my emotions. Like when you get pregnant, you don't know why you're crying. You just cry when you're pregnant for no reason and it's like but that's got to do with the hormone communication between your brain and the rest of your body so I my aim is to basically to get women to learn to love their menstrual cycle and I swear to god I say that and then I feel like that if everyone was looking at me right now saying that they're like sorry what learn to love your menstrual cycle like what's there to love about it and it's because if you learn exactly how your menstrual cycle works and what it actually can do for you and what it can tell and you be able to tap into that, then it really is your fifth, fifth vital sign. And it is an inner wisdom that we do have that we just need to unlock. Fantastic. And um, I think you touched on it there. It really ties into all elements of your well-being and 
mental well-being being one of those elements as well and I suppose why is it so important to you for like personally to look after that side of your own well-being and your mental well-being but also why is it important to you to help other women um in recognizing that their menstrual cycle is you know so linked to their well-being and their mental well-being and, and all the rest of the things that it's linked to okay so first of all personally um my personal journey um I was diagnosed. I never really thought that I had any issues with my menstrual cycle. I did realize that when I was in a stressful situation, like say if I changed jobs or some a deadline was coming up, my menstrual cycle would change. It will get longer. And inherently that makes sense now to me because when we are stressed, ovulation is not a it's not an important thing for the body to do when the body is stressed because it plays tug of war. And I'll talk about more about that later on um so it does play tug of war so if we're stressed the body just goes okay ovulation isn't a priority so then our cycles end up being delayed so if any woman Mm -hmm. finds that in those situations their periods are longer or their menstrual cycle length is longer then that could be one of the reasons however um like that I suppose I wasn't really like in tune as regards like you know testing and what could affect as in blood tests with the GP and you know how they do random tests like being for you just to, you know, check that everything is OK. And then when they tell you everything is normal, you just go with it and you don't ask any questions and you toddle along and think that you're mighty. Um, but it was only when I got pregnant with my second child that I was told that I had um, hypothyroidism. Now, she rang me when I was about maybe 16 or 17 weeks and I say she the GP. Um, and she asked me, was I OK? So obviously, when I think back on it, my bloods must have shown up like my thyroid must have been showing that there was a problem. Mm. And I told her, actually, I didn't feel well, that I felt like that, you know, I was full of anxiety and that I actually felt out of control. And I actually didn't think that I that the pregnancy was going to survive for some reason. And like I hadn't a clue where this was coming from. I just felt terrible. But I was going along my busy day at work just going it was constantly prodding in my head but I just get distracted and I wouldn't think about it again until she rang me and asked me the question mm-hmm. so she brought me in for more tests and then it was confirmed while I was pregnant that I had hypothyroidism which is an underactive thyroid mm-hmm. now your thyroid um communicates with your um menstrual cycle as well um hormonally and it has um got to do with the development of the baby as well to a certain degree so I was in the car, I was dropping off a higher car at the time because I was changing my car and was then, oh, I'm just toddled off then to my antenatal and I'm getting this phone call while I'm driving to Galway saying that, oh, you have hypothyroidism. Now you, um, I'm going to send these down and it's all fear, 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 fear. Like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. there's lots of risks if you don't get this done, if you don't take this medication. And they don't talk about like, you know, you're just thrown into it. There's no kind of like talking about you know, easing into it gently or getting you to come to terms with it. It's just take this medication or this stuff could, this bad stuff could happen. And I was just like in floods of tears. Um, and it was the same when I went to the appointment. It was the same, like all the negatives and then throw me the prescription and toddle off you go. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the first part or the first kind of notion that I had, like, I mean, of, you know, the effect of like hormones on the body. So I did what I was told and I went through the pregnancy. And after, when I think about it, I thought I postnatal depression, but it was actually my thyroid was absolutely a mess. And my mindset was a mess. Um, 
I just felt like that I couldn't cope. I had two kids under the age of two and I really, really struggled. Um, I really got over. I look back at my bloods now and I'm going, oh, my God, they were absolutely horrific. Um, and the aftercare is like you get it, but like you you practically have to go banging down the door looking for it. And that's what I find is, is an issue as well. It's just like I didn't know what I needed. And I think that can be an issue as well. So long story short, then I wanted to conceive my third child. It didn't happen. I was starting to like I tracked my cycle, but I didn't look at every single step of my cycle until like, you know, you look at ovulation, when you ovulate and, you know, how long it lasts and this kind of thing. And it was when I looked at that and I realized that actually after I ovulated my phase, it's called the luteal phase. Mm-hmm. So that's the phase that where you make progesterone and which is the hormone that holds a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was too short. Um, I was getting my period like eight, nine and ten days after I ovulated and I was going, this is too short. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the doctor. She was like, I'll refer you to an endocrinologist. The endocrinologist actually asked me when I asked him about medication and what was the dose and how much I had to take um, if I got pregnant. Now, bearing in mind, um, at this stage, I had already had a miscarriage. And I was like, so I was very scared and frightened. And I was like, okay, I need my body to be able to support this pregnancy. So like, what do I do? And he was like, okay, so every four weeks you take the medication. And I was like, okay, so when do I start? Like, say, say I find out I'm pregnant. So do I start then? Do I wait for four weeks? What do I do? And he asked me, when was the earliest time that I was able to find out when I was pregnant? This is an endocrinologist. And I just went, okay, I need to take control of this situation myself. Mm-hmm. So I started looking down other holistic alternative routes. And I could, as far as I'm concerned, they're complementary. They're not alternatives in that, like, it's airy-fairy and it's it's totally separate from medical care. They all have a part to play. I still needed the medication at the time. Um, and so I did acupuncture and I found um, a nutritional therapist because the acupuncture said to me that in Chinese medicine, when they nurture the body for pregnancy, it's all about nutrition and warming, nourishing foods and everything that supports kind of the, the system. And I was like, there was a light bulb moment that went off me and I was like, yeah, actually, you know, I do eat well, but I eat an awful lot of raw food. And for women and their menstrual cycles and digestion, digestion, that all the time is not good because your body's under pressure to try and break it down even harder because it is raw. So there's a there's a, a nice there's a balance that you can that you know you need to get to especially for fertility and nourishing your menstrual cycle. And lo and behold, I worked with a nutritional therapist, which is what I'm working on becoming now. And I suppose now this is two years down the line, and all the other work that I've done on myself and my health. I got pregnant for a third time after taking a two month break, mm-hmm. and I was very scared and I couldn't. Believe, I was in disbelief and I didn't know what to do. Now, thankfully, I had gone private with the gynecologist at the time to keep an eye on me if and when this happened. Mm-hmm. So they looked very. They looked after me, and I went up and got bloods done. And I just knew from all the work that I had done that this pregnancy was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's where my personal, so as regards mindset and whatever, your hormones do have a huge effect. And it it, dep- it depends on what your issue is, inverted commas, and um, where it can show up. But inherently, like either dealing with uh, um, a condition or the condition is actually affecting your mindset, 
or you're actually your mental cycle is 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 affecting your mindset it's all a, it's all a combination and a concoction that works all together and if something is out everything kind of like the domino effect everything ends up being out in to some extent and that's why it's for me it was very important so to get all of that right because basically the doctors had said to me when well, you're taking the medications nothing else we can do so I am firsthand can see that nutrition and your lifestyle changes and it's so many other changes as well that I've done in my lifestyle like I mean you know as regards now the pandemic had hit so I had time to be at home to work on this bearing in mind as well so it wasn't that like you know it was it wasn't easy but it was easier because it was at home that I had the time to be able to work on it so something ignited in me when I spoke with this nutritional therapist and it was just really funny. Her name was Michelle. I'm Michelle. <laughs> he was an accountant. I was an accountant. It's like, this is really weird. And she was like, she changed careers. I tried to change careers in something completely different. <laughs> and then I was like to her, so what brought you to nutritional therapy? And she was like, well, actually, I had a personal issue when I was younger. I just went, OK. Someone up there is telling me I this is, you know, something I need to look into because I was looking to see what would I do for the future as regards my career, because I had potentially three children to look mm-hmm. after. And I was like, OK, so what do I do? So I went back studying and uh, here I am today. Uh, I did. I qualified a nutritional lifestyle coach because that's what you start off with. I have zero science background. Um, but I have a lot of experience as regards nutrition and obviously my own personal health. Mm-hmm. So I had a good base. And then moving on from that, they had a menstrual cycle course that they came up with the college I was studying at the time. And I was like, okay, this has me written all over it. And it was a combination of um, Western medicine and Chinese traditional medicine. And because I had experience of both, I was like, oh my God, I just, I really want to immerse myself in this. So I qualified in that in September last year. And I just found that once I did, I kept talking about the menstrual cycle a lot. So this is where my niche came in, where I help women that either have menstrual issues of any sort um, or they're preparing for pregnancy or they're preparing for perimenopause. They're my three people that I help because I just find that they are the women that just don't know what they don't know where to go or where to get the help. And I want to be there to be able to show them that there is simple things that you can you can create a very fundamental foundation before you even even have to look at supplements or medication or any other holistic route you can there is stuff that you can do for yourself and take the power back and be able to come in control of your body and your mind and become in tune with that inner wisdom that is our menstrual cycle that's amazing michelle and it sounds like the stars really lined up for you when you were identifying what your next move was and finding your I suppose your niche um to use that word and I suppose you know it was almost like the universe was guiding you towards this um and the fact that you have experience of it yourself as well I suppose that will really resonate with the people that you're working with because I think that in a lot of cases especially women um we find when it comes to health there can be a lot of talking at women um about various things yeah. to do with your, be it your body your mind whatever it is there can be I suppose a bit of a preachy um I suppose tone to it sometimes whereas when you've actually experienced it you have that first-hand knowledge of well you know this is what I experienced in my journey and you can yeah. help people on on similar journeys then as well 
Absolutely. Like I give you an example of where it's really important to know your cycle. And I'm saying this in my membership to the women now. There's this thing like they were like to me. So how do I know that like I have a healthy menstrual cycle? Well, like we look at signs and symptoms. But also if you want to have tangible information, say you're you're coming into perimenopause or you're preparing to get pregnant or you know you have a hormonal imbalance because like you're really heavy bleeding and stuff like that. The most important um, element of, like, say, the menstrual cycle and the, the main event is ovulation. That is the basically ovulation is the ticket or the sign that you have a healthy menstrual cycle and that your your overall health is healthy. It's not about just you're ovulating so that you can have children. Mm-hmm. Ovulation, as I said, only occurs because um, you're not chronically stressed. So that's where it plays a factor in. And stress shows up in so many different areas of our lives and it can be affected in the mind or physically in the body, one or the other. But all the stresses are the same on the body. It will not prioritize ovulation. So when we when a doctor, when you go to a doctor, they're like, OK, so we'll check a full profile of your hormones and we'll see is your progesterone, uh, how high your progesterone is on day 21. Now, progesterone is only made after you ovulate. And progesterone is the hardest hormone to make because if you don't ovulate, you don't make progesterone. If you're on hormonal contraception, you don't make progesterone because you don't ovulate. And progesterone is our, it's actually a calming, soothing um, hormone. So we're missing out on that at times. So I'm very much passionate about giving women the information that like, the, the type of contraception that you use will have an effect either short term or long term on the body. So they go in and they say the day 21 test. The day 21 test is based on if you ovulate on day 14. Now, because as already I've spoken that ovulation is based on an awful lot of a plethora of things that goes on in the body and everybody is unique. Day 14 is a myth at this stage. Um, not everyone ovulates on day 14. In actual fact, my periods now at the minute or my cycles are kind of just because between the heat and everything that's going on in my life, my life circumstances have changed. My body does react to it. Not everyone is as sensitive as me, but I am. I ovulated three months ago, day 21. And uh, the month before, after that, it was day 19. And the month after that, it was day 17. Now, bear with me. I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> to be able to know that information is crucial. Because if I went in and they said to me, right, I want to do a full hormone profile. Where are you in your cycle? And I said, OK, I'm at day 20. And say I ovulated on day 17 and they go, oh, we'll do the blood, the day 21 test tomorrow because you're on day 21 of your cycle. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact, I was only four days post ovulation. So my ovul- my progesterone has not peaked for another three days. Mm-hmm. They take that test tomorrow. That result is not going to be accurate. And it's going to flag a potential issue, but you might have a potential issue at all. Mm. So you knowing your body going into a doctor's surgery is so, so vital to know because at least you'd be able to turn and say, no, sorry, I actually ovulated three days later. So that's the reason why I don't need to get this test done for another three days. And then takes all the stress and all the guessing out of it because you're the one that's in control and you're the one you're the only one that knows your body inside and out. A doctor just goes by parameters. And and for well, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, no, no two women are the same. And everybody has their own normal. So for me, 
Yeah, understanding and, and knowing your, your body is so, so important. Yeah, and you touched on it there. Everyone is, is so different. Like, I suppose there is this, like, set idea that, you know, twenty the 28 days thing. Like, I've never in my life had a 28-day cycle. Um, like, I mine varies massively. I was diagnosed with adenomyosis last year um, as well. So... You know, I when I track my periods, I have never, ever hit on a 28 day cycle ever and probably never will either, because that's just not my body. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it's taking into consideration the differences because everyone is different. You know, it'd be very boring if we were all the same, I suppose. So. Um, but you touched on it there as well, the mind body connection that, you know, if there's something wrong in your body, it can affect your mind and vice versa as well. And I suppose. I really noticed when I was, you know, I had those dips in my mental health. It had an effect on my, sometimes my cycle could be 60 days long, you know, or, or the opposite could be the case as well. I could have two periods in the space of two weeks. And, um, you know, there is that real connection there. And it's, I suppose what you're doing is you're helping people to understand what that connection is and how they can, I suppose, navigate it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and as a that part of the education just isn't there. We get all the mechanics of it in but but separately, because that's unfortunate. well, I suppose you can look at it two different ways. Um that's that's how like modern medicine looks, it looks at every organ separately and not how they work as in tandem. Now the endocrine system is one of the most complicated systems outside of say the immune system. Um Looking at the immune system at the minute, oh my God, what 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 we don't know is is mind blown. But they all work in tandem with each other, and they all communicate with each other. They don't they don't sit alone like if they did. Like obviously things could be a heck of a lot simpler. But we the in the nutritional therapy um, degree that I'm studying at the moment is that we look at a functional medicine perspective where we look at the the patient as a whole from head to toe of what's going on. And menstrual cycle is only part of it. And like the education behind it and learning, you know, about your own body and like just being connected. Because like, you know, when you say go with your gut, that that saying couldn't be any more accurate. I I love that saying because it is so true. Going with your gut. Nobody knows better than you inside. But we have so many external distractions and factors and advice. I think we've gone from having not enough advice to having too much. Mm-hmm. And then we don't know what's real, what isn't real, as in what is the stuff that we need to listen to and what's the noise that we need to drown out. So it's very, that, that's where I find it challenging in that there is so much out there and they're like, well, why go to you? Like I can just, I mean, it was one day I put up a post going, oh, I think is it Siri? They were going to do an AI now where you could talk to Siri about your menstrual cycle and I was just going, oh, please face like how does a robot know anything about how you feel inside no matter how much ai gets um advanced it's never going to have the feelings and the emotions and the the mind and how the brain like the brain they're never ever going to be able to replicate with how much however hard they try they would never will and i was like and we crave as humans the human touch and the human connection factor and that all has an effect on mindset and it all comes out through how our body functions and our menstrual cycle. 
Um, I suppose moving on from that, then where does nutrition play a part in it? Um, nutrition and our digestion is where our menstrual cycle is affected or where they work with each other. So if you've got a sluggish digestive system, your goal, it's all about blood flow and basically the flow of all the interstitial fluid and your circulation. So just as important as the circulation going to your hands and your feet and up to your brain, all your extremities, your digestion and the the blood flow down uh, around your pelvic area is highly important as well, which is why an awful lot of women suffer with pain because everything is constricted and it can be restricted for a lot of reasons um and one of the first things we're all about um how we metabolize estrogen estrogen you can look at it both ways it can be a pro or a con we there's there's many ways that we can make estrogen there's different pathways which is why we can, can become very dominant in estrogen and we can be low in progesterone as i said progesterone is the hardest hormone to make and we have to really look after our health in order to be able to make it. So that's why an awful lot of women suffer from heavy bleeding because progesterone is the, it's kind of like the antidote to estrogen. Estrogen builds the lining of our uh, womb and progesterone comes along and it actually decreases it. So if we don't have enough progesterone, we're going to have heavy periods. So when you take like the uh, hormonal contraceptive is that it blocks an awful lot of that lining to be made. Mm-hmm. And that's why you get the the lack or there are a less of a heavier bleed. It's just, it masks it, it doesn't fix it. So women then that are either deciding whether they want to come off it for to get pregnant or coming off it because they know they're coming into menopausal years. That's where the issue lies then as regards, well, what's going to happen from the withdrawals then when they take come off it? Because with every medication, there is risks and there is, and there can be withdrawals. It's, it's not the same for everybody. Um, and that's why there's delayed um, reaction, like say, if they are delayed periods, onset of periods, like I mean, when they have switched it off, you're literally switching off that process mm-hmm. halfway. Um, estrogen is still being made, um, but progesterone isn't for the hormonal one where it's blocking the contraception. Now, not all of them are the same. So... Um, I suppose the point I'm coming to is that when digestion, so if we don't, all the hormones that we use in the body have to be got rid of. They, we don't reabsorb them. If we do, that's when hormonal imbalances can occur again. So having daily bowel movements, one at least, if not two. And that seems to blow the minds of an awful lot of women going, oh, I haven't been to the toilet in about three days, but that's okay. And I was like, well, actually, that needs to be seen, too, because that can have an effect on your menstrual cycle and your hormonal imbalance or hormonal balance. So it's very important to have bowel movements, having enough fiber um, your digestion system not being sluggish. If that's sluggish, then um, your menstrual cycle can be sluggish because it's all about circulation. It's all about flow. And that's where Chinese medicine comes in. They worship. And they look at the liver, the spleen and the kidneys and the chi of them, they call it. Now, I'm no expert in Chinese medicine. I've just a brief overview of what they look at. So when you go to an acupuncturist, that's what they focus on is your kidney chi, your liver chi and your spleen. If you're going about hormonal issues or menstrual cycle issues. And so they all play a part. So they're all involved in the processing and detoxing of our hormones and basically the toxins, the general toxins in our body. And if our liver is overloaded, 
then the liver is not going to prioritize getting rid of that estrogen either. That's fascinating. And I suppose has the all of the things that you have learned through yeah. all of your studies and, and your own journey, has that then impacted on the things that you do to look after yourself, your self-care? Has that had an impact on, on what you do, I suppose, on a regular basis? Or if you're particularly stressed, is there something different that you do now that you wouldn't have done previously? Yes, I'm more, I just think key to anything is awareness you don't have to start meditating and I know you probably say this yourself Sandra to a lot of um the clients that you have is that it's not about just you know finding an hour in the day and start meditating crossing your legs like being and humming it's about awareness of catching yourself in that moment um and that's like that I would say if you got there you're 90% there catching yourself in that moment of being stressed um yes what do I do different? I do catch myself and I stop and I'll say to myself, okay, what is it that's going on? Or even I could be just doing the dishes and I'll say to myself, okay, this is the reason why this is happening. This is the reason why I'm reacting. And it's usually when I'm overstimulated, when I'm trying to get the kids out the door and I have, I'm caught to time and I need to get out the door by a certain time that I don't know what it is, but it just all, it just makes me feel so not anxious, but tense. Mm-hmm. And I start to like fly off the handle and I'm kind of going, OK, this is not doing anybody any good and shouting and roaring at the kids. And whereas before now, I would have been just shouting and roaring and why aren't they listening to me and why can't I get through to them? And we'd all I'd be angry and they'd all be crying by the time I get into the car. <laughs> whereas now I'm able to say, oh, catch it not perfect I won't always catch it or I'm in the middle of it and there's times where I'm going I absolutely couldn't give a continental right now (laughs) whether I'm stressed or not I just need to get out of here um but awareness is key and that's that's what I suppose all of it is all about awareness of your cycle you don't have to try and find like I, I think all of this advice that we give and we talk about you know you need to do this and you need to do that all you just like just listen and be aware and if you're aware that's the start mm-hmm. then if you take it into the head that you really want to see is there patterns involved that's when you can start to journal it or find time for that um and so it might be if you say well at this moment in time like I mean I can't even go to the toilet without a little person you know following me or I've so much on in my schedule that I really don't have the time but that's fine but awareness is there. And then when you do have time or when you get to the point where you go, do you know what? I do need to do this and I will find time somewhere. My circumstances have changed because our circumstances change all the time. The seasons of life that we are in never stay the same. And it's the same with our menstrual cycle. Like our menstrual cycle is different in uh, our teens. It's still very much trying to establish at that stage um, the 20s. You know, you're like, you know, very, you're all the hormones are very active and alert. 30s, everything starts to slow down. And then I just find that the women that are coming 35, and even though they still might be having children, they're very aware of the perimenopause and the menopause is, you know, knocking on my door in the 40s. And they're like, but I don't need to think about it now. But they're still thinking about it because it's it's such a buzzword at the minute. Which is probably the reason why I probably decided to do the webinar on the perimenopause and like. So that it would ease the minds of women that are thinking about it or the women that haven't even thought about it. But when they get to a certain stage, they go, oh, 
I remember that this was covered and they'll have it to go back to and mm-hmm. refer to again. So our seasons change all the time. And to answer your question, yeah, I do. Uh, I, I do definitely. My awareness has changed, which means I do catch myself even at the most busiest of times. Sometimes I do stop, even just go to the toilet and sit in the toilet and take three deep breaths, three deep belly breaths and go, oh, just take it down a bit. And mm-hmm. or there was a day I walked out in the garden on my feet. Um, and I swear to God, that had a very profound effect straight away. It was like stepping into like, you know how you feel like when you go to a spa and some, you know, you're getting a massage and the minute the blanket even goes on you when you're lying down and all of a sudden they, they, your system just goes, oh, I'm here now. That's exactly how it felt when I stood on the grass. And so I, I, I try to do that. Like I try, I turn it into a game with the kids, like in these fine evenings, it's easier to do. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of changes that I, I have definitely made, but awareness is definitely key. And you touched on it there, the seasons of life. And it, it's so true for every part of your well-being as well, because, you know, you're not, your mental health isn't always going to be in the same condition because your life changes, different situations crop up, your circumstances might change. And the same with your physical health, like your your body is not going to stay the same forever. Um, like I recently discovered that I have hip dysplasia, um, which is something that I would have been born with. And wow. it's taken 34 years for them to diagnose because all of a sudden it's rapidly deteriorating. But it never had any effect on me as a child or as an adolescent. I was you know, quite active in rowing um, up until kind of my late teens. That sort of thing never stopped me from competing or anything like that. And I suppose, you know, that it was always there. It didn't just suddenly happen to me um, that my my hip and my leg are, are slightly misaligned um, or very misaligned, I suppose. But, um, you know, it's different circumstances will crop up and, you, you know, your physical health will change, your mental health will change, your menstrual cycle will change. And obviously that's what you touch on as well. And it's, yeah, having the awareness that, OK, something's happening. What you know, and stopping going, okay, what's going on? And just taking the time as well, because I think our mind can run away with itself as well. You know, the catastrophizing, the the worst case scenario thinking, or or the opposite of, you know, kind of like I'm I'm not dealing with that, you know, pushing it pushing it away. And actually, if you just kind of gather yourself make a, make yourself aware of you know what's going on or be aware of what's going on in your body or your mind it can have a huge i suppose positive effect rather than that either the 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 extreme thinking of the catastrophizing or the i'm not dealing with this i'm just literally going to ignore it until until i hope it hopefully goes away on its own yeah isn't it amazing how like the, the brain is basically wired naturally to look at the negative side as a protection mechanism. Mm. And when you understand that, I think when situations like that, like, like the seasons, like, I'm so sorry to hear like your, um, your hip dysplasia and the, Dean and I also, the, um, that you've been diagnosed with, like, imagine having hip dysplasia all your life and you rode, like, that's, that's heavily based on the hip movement. Yeah. Uh, and and you were able to do it with that issue like that isn't it amazing how the body when you didn't have the awareness imagine if you had the awareness would you've ever been a rower 
Like, oh, I'd love to know. Probably not. Probably not. Because realistically speaking, I probably wouldn't have been allowed. Yeah. To, you know, there, there would have been doctors saying, no, you can't do this. Or, you know, my parents or, you know, whoever it was. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like for the last maybe 10 years, I've been getting niggles when I go for a walk in my yeah. right hip and there was kind of, you know, a few things done, but it never really gave me huge issues until the last year. And it has rapidly deteriorated to the point that I'm, I'm most likely going to need surgery on it. But yeah, it never, ever gave me a problem. And I rode for 10 years um, and competitively for 10 years. And That's during that time, yeah, during that time, never gave me any trouble. That alone, I mean, if nobody else listened to anything else in this podcast, that like the power of the mind, like mind over matter, like not knowing that that was there and your body was still well capable of doing it is unbelievable. So there's an awful lot of, um, I suppose, um, impact on the mind when you hear you can't, you can't, you can't. Mm-hmm. And being able to catch that, having that awareness of going, I can, I can, I can. I suppose that's why all these positive psychology coaches now are coming out for all these sports people for their performance. That's a major thing now. But the fear of the unknown and the lack of understanding, I feel, is an awful lot of the the brunt of when we do we do hear what's going on, what the body's trying to tell us. But because we don't know what's happening and we don't understand why it's there, we run away because, again, it's the whole catastrophizing and going, OK, I, do, I, I don't know what this is. I'm afraid to find out what it is. So let's just pretend it's not there mm-hmm. until it's knocking on your door and you can't ignore it anymore. And then you do have to face it. And then it ends up most of the time where it's not as bad as you initially thought or it was something that you can fix quite easily and it's not you know as detrimental to your life as you thought it was going to be and I'm very passionate about that I've um I have had to do an awful lot of work on my own kind of not my mental health per se but my mindset especially since I started running my own business I up until recently I didn't really feel like in my head that I was a business owner I didn't see myself as that and it's amazing when you put yourself out there once that clicks in your head going, I actually am, mm-hmm. how people can pick up that a heck of a lot more. Um, and your energy and your persona is just people can feel it off you, whether it's online or whether it's face to face. And I just think um, so that's what I'm very passionate about mindset. And when you had mentioned that you were starting up this podcast, I was jumping on it at the opportunity to have the chat. Um, because very much what we do is aligned with each other when we when enough of people aren't even aware that they're aligned mm. and it just just goes to show the importance of that awareness piece that you spoke about as well just having the awareness of what's going on in my body in my mind in you know kind of your life as well because a lot of the time you know you can kind of just coast along <laughs> in life and with the stress and the worries and the all the stuff that's going on in life and like with most things especially since kind of you know we've come out of that kind of covid lockdowns and everything life is getting busier and busier and busier and for a lot of people it's actually more busy than pre-pandemic because it's almost back on the hamster wheel and actually and actually having the 
awareness to go actually I need to you know take a step back or I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm just wrecked and I need to you know mind myself a bit more or that you know physically you're seeing you know symptoms of stress or, or whatever like that it's just bringing the awareness to to how you are and how you feel as well and not just ignoring you know like oh I feel stressed but that's grand it'll 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 sort itself out yeah it'll sort itself out is a is a, a big phrase that we have in our own heads going yeah it'll be grand it'll be grand until the body says okay enough is enough um yeah. and going back to the whole so I suppose the stress element um when it comes to the menstrual cycle um the stress um hormone cortisol Mm-hmm. And the hormones that we use, that we have, that we make are sex hormones. They both are made from the same raw material. And the same raw material is called cholesterol. Mm-hmm. So in uh, the functional medicine, uh, working on having good cholesterol, yes, is important. But having enough cholesterol in your system is even more important because we don't have cholesterol. We can't, we cannot make our sex hormones. But where the steel comes from as regards the tug of war from um, the cortisol versus the sex hormones is that if the body is in stress mode, so you're in fight and flight mode, and if you're not even aware of it, uh, the body is is basically robbing the cholesterol from the sex from the basically the amount that the, the sex hormones need. And it's going, okay, I need it to make this hormone because um the body here is constantly in fight and flight and I need to try and stay alert and run away from this perceived issue that's going on or threat that I have and it's staying there and then it's like okay so it's not prioritizing ovulation because sex hormones aren't being met because the body's going I can't do this so where digestion comes in then is that when we are stressed um it doesn't prioritize digesting food either so um your circulation and all your blood flow is taken from your midsection where your stomach is and it flows out to your arms and your legs and your heart and your head to say you need to run. <clears throat> and when digestion then is switched off, then you're not, you basically have your food sitting there. So, and the body's waiting for you to run. So it has all this glucose released from the liver going out into your system. And then your pancreas is under pressure then because it's trying to release insulin in order to take down the glucose. So all these hormones that are related to sex hormones are so busy trying to get the body to come back down and to run away from this perceived um, threat and then to come back down to relax. But then we're not running away. We're sitting at a desk. We're sitting in a car. We're sitting at home. We're not moving. And if we are moving, it's not running away from something. It's just staying in this chronic stress mode. So the body is just all over the place and it's on high alert and digestion and your menstrual cycle is the last thing it's going to prioritize. And that's where you have constipation, you have menstrual um, issues with pain and heavy bleeding because you're not metabolizing the hormones that have been made um, or any that's been left over. And then you have like digestive issues that could show up anywhere in the digestive system. Like you could have a lump in your stomach where you're just like, or you feel sick or you could have like any sorts of sensitivities. So I suppose the understanding of like when one system is under pressure, all the others are affected. And that's where stress and digestion is um, related to the menstrual cycle. 
And I suppose that's actually a really nice point to finish up our chat. Um, I suppose just bringing that awareness to people and of how everything is interconnected. Um, so thank you so much for joining me on the Mind Your Mind podcast, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I really thoroughly enjoyed the chat. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, rate, review or follow. It really does help with getting the podcast out there. You can follow us on Instagram at mindyourmindpod for extra content and some behind the scenes action. Talk to you next week and in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.